As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. On this podcast, we help you, the Christian believer, make plans to make God proud. We make plans to buy a home, plans to invest, and even plan to travel to another state or country. But when it comes to our finances, why are we not making plans to make God proud? Well, on our show, we want to bring you exciting guests that are doing just that. Each have made plans to make God proud and our next guests are no exception. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, each of us have been given a skill and a responsibility to serve in that capacity. Think about it. Your talents are like a puzzle piece that fits perfectly in God's plan. And when we are jealous of other pieces and refuse to serve in the capacity in which we were blessed in an attempt to fulfill another position, it distorts God's vision and causes us pain. So let's introduce today's show and bring in our guest. Today, I want to bring on two guests that have a solid vision. We will discuss how to take the hassle out of buying real estate, the importance of building a team around you when taking on real estate projects, and stick around because we have a couple of questions from listeners like you. So if you are the leader of your household but feel lost because you don't have real men around you to fellowship with that shared value, that shared belief, and most importantly, that shared love of God in serving your family, you don't want to miss this. They have served our country honorably and with dignity for my freedom and yours. And now they are here to tell us about their mission to serve God and humanity through their real estate company. When asked about why they start their business, they state, our early conversations were not about goals for self-employment, profit, or wealth. The initial conversations were about how to create a faith-based business focused on giving back to the church and community that would enable freedom for its customers and team members. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the show two believers who want to help men become the heroes of their journey, the men their wives celebrate, and men their sons want to be, and the men they want their daughters to marry. With no further ado, I present to you, Stuart and David. How you doing, guys? Man, that's the best introduction that I've ever heard. <laughs> Man, I got I got goosebumps. Does anybody else have goosebumps? Seriously, <laughs> I like, got them. That was amazing, dude. Like, thank you. That thank was. You. I, I mean, think, I think you all deserve it. You know, I'm very excited to have you on the show. You know, for all my listeners who have not listened to our episode where I was on your show, Phil in the Storehouse yeah. podcast, they need to go check that out. You know, right after the show, that's where we started this conversation about manhood, discipline, following God and being patient. And today we're actually here to continue that conversation. So with your permission, I would love to get started. Is that OK? It's great, man. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm fired up. I really appreciate you having us on. Um what an amazing conversation we had on, on our on our podcast, and I'm excited about where we go with this one. Uh, I'm Stu Grazier, and um, I uh, like like you said, military guy. We David and I both actually just retired in June of of, of 2022, and um, I was a pilot by trade in the military. And um, David and I, we were college roommates at the Naval Academy, uh, so we go back quite a long ways. Um, you know, this was this was God driven, you know, for sure, to put us as roommates and to allow us to stay roommates for all four years, which isn't normal um, for for the school that we go to. So uh, we have become, you know, best friends ever since. Um, you know, we were actually lucky to be stationed together at one point in Naples, Italy. Our families, you know, hang out all the time. David was there for the birth of my daughter. Uh, and, you know, we were both in each other's weddings. 
Um, and we just had this vision uh, to, to grow businesses together uh, after the military. Both of us had been investing in real estate separately, and we both had, you know, some experiences that weren't uh, welcomed, and, and we didn't want others to have those exact same experiences. So uh, early on, you know, we had talked about going into business together uh, after our military days. We didn't know when that was going to happen or how that was going to happen or why that was going to happen, but it all kind of formulated as we had these uh, pretty bad experiences of our own. And so through that experience, uh, we we built, built out some real estate ex- um, businesses where we were buying houses, uh, rehabbing houses, uh, and then turning them into rental properties where we were selling those rental properties to to our network, to other military veterans, friends, family, um, and um and then, you know, that continued on our journey of, of business and reflection. And uh, we've pivoted multiple times in those businesses and to where we are today, uh, doing real estate still and now running a mastermind. And we can kind of dive into more of that story, but I'll let I'll let David talk. But before we let David talk, the 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 small amount of time that we can give him, the better. So Let's just give him a little little small piece here, uh, Elijah. One, if we can. All right, we'll give we'll give him a little small. Hey, AB, a- I'm just curious. Do you do you put video out as well? Yes, yes, we do put video out. Because I just want to highlight for your listeners, if they're listening and they're not watching the video right now, I would highly encourage you just to stay on audio only so that you don't have to see Stu's face. I just want to put a disclaimer out there or at least give Come them on, a heads man. up. Look at this face. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Look at that. That's a handsome face. Uh, my mama says I'm really it, good looking. David doesn't want yeah, our videos that's... to get flagged, I guess, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, and I want to make one point of clarification. I was there after the birth of Stu's daughter. I was not there for the birth. I just want to make sure that Fair everybody enough. understands yeah. there there are barriers and limits to our friendship. <laughs> but, but uh, um, you know, I, I also want to acknowledge you before I start uh, talking about me, AB, there's a couple things. One, I am the power in a name and I, and I appreciate the fact that you refer to me as David Gutierrez, because that's my you know, being from a Mexican descent, my dad's from Mexico. I, my family calls me David, and that's not a, a hit on any of my friends that call me David. Uh, it's just the thoughtfulness that you approach your relationships. I know the thoughtfulness you approach your business. The thoughtfulness with which you approach your listeners is is so inspiring, and it's. I just want to tell you, it's beautiful. I love it, even to the to the level of detail. And we were we were talking about this before we start recording, but the level of detail of adding in the waiting room, you know, God willing, this meeting is going to start on time, like was, is just so meaningful. And I, and I hope you recognize the honor that it gives to not only your guests, but the people that you're serving through the business that you do, because yeah, you say, thank you to service for, for us, you know, being 20 year military guys, but we truly believe that if your financial situation is strong, that you are empowered to have the freedom to do exactly what God created you to do. And and you always have the ability to do that, but to take something as significant as finances and have that um, in a way that honors God enables us to live our mission, our purpose. And, and, and so I thank you for your service to your, to your clientele, to your listeners, to everybody that you're serving. It's, it's empowerful, it's impactful, impactful, and it's generational. And so I'm just very, uh, very humbled to be here. Um, and, and so AB, as you said, David Gutierrez, uh, Stu alluded to it. We're both 20 year military guys. Um, you know, I don't want to bore you with the details of all that. It was an amazing career, uh, enabled me to, to take my wife all around the world. And, and, you know, my, my eldest child, she's 12 now. Um, you know, she got to move five times in her first five years on this earth and, and experience a lot of things and go overseas. And I have two more children, two boys, uh, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And, and, and we just were so blessed with our military career. And, and I can't speak highly enough about those experiences, but, but Stu and I, um, you know, we, we love community. We love seeing men be the best possible men they can be, because we know that intentional men who are part of a tribe are, are most impactful, not only for themselves and not only to be the men that God created them to be, but they're the most impactful people for their wives. A, a very good man is way a way better man for his wife, is a way better man for his kids, a way better man for his daughters and his sons 
And so our, our mission now, and we kind of got there, Stu alluded to it through real estate, but when we were doing our real estate, what we realized as we dug into it is we were really trying to build relationships and community of faithful givers and people that wanted to come together, do something bigger than real estate. And so we just finally landed on, Hey dude, if that's what we want to do, like, let's stop pretending to do it through real estate. We weren't pretending we're trying and just name it and claim it in faith and go forward and do spend all our time doing that other thing, which is where we are now. Yeah. I think that's very beautiful. I think a lot of people are under the misconception that if you're not in the pulpit, um, you cannot be as impactful um, to generations as far as spirituality is concerned, as far as progressing in the kingdom of God. And and both of you are prime examples is that you can do that, but you have to look beyond yourself. You can't just say, I'm going to do this on my own, or I'm going to do it this way. God's going to call you. I love what Stu said a little bit earlier. He said, you've pivoted multiple times. This isn't the first pivot. And I don't think it's going to be the last pivot that you're going to have is that this career, you know, this ambition, this journey is continuously evolving and refining itself to something that's bigger and better and, and beyond ourselves to some point. And, and I, I love that fact where you said uh, sometimes we just need to step out of ourselves. Like David said, is like we have this business and we were under this guise that this business was going to be the way that we were going to facilitate the message. And then we realized that, no, we need to have this a, a living, breathing, you know, environment where men can actually go and establish good relationships. I want to hit one more point that I really enjoyed was that you were roommates for four years. And I think a lot of people passed on that is that for us to be good men and good fathers, we have to have good relationships with our friends because most likely we're going to be in relationships with these individuals before we get married Our childhood friends from junior high, elementary or our high school. And if we can get along with alpha men, right, who are also going to be leaders then it should be easier for us to make that transition. But if we don't have healthy relationships with our friends, if we don't have healthy relationships with our peers, then we can't transfer those skills over into a loving, happy relationship where we become the leader. And I just think that that point needs to be made. So I really appreciate your friendship. I really appreciate the fact that you stayed together and that you had common goals um, that you want to achieve. So let's, let's continue on. So tell us a little bit more about the business, because I really think I love your idea. Let's talk about teamwork here. So this is not, Hey, let's walk in. They're going to try to sell me a house and then they're going to walk out. This is something totally different, something outside the ordinary. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, alluded earlier, David and I had been, um, interested in real estate um, you know, fairly early on in our military careers. We, we move every three to four years. You know, you either have to decide to buy a house or rent a house. You have to find housing somewhere or another. And a few of you know our mentors have kind of mentioned like, hey, buy a house at every duty station and then keep it and hold it as a rental property. And so that's something that we had started doing. Um, you know, The problem with being in the Navy, at least, is uh, those duty stations are typically very expensive locations. You know, it's it's Hawaii, it's San Diego, it's Washington D.C., it's Washington State. Those aren't cheap markets, and if you're looking from an uh, an investment perspective, it doesn't always work out from a numbers perspective. Like you don't really get great return on investment unless you just hold it for a long time and you wait for appreciation. But from a cash flow and rental perspective, not the best markets. So David and I had searched for, you know, what uh, they call a, a turnkey real estate company. And, and I use air quotes for turnkey because there's a lot of different definitions for turnkey. There's some really good turnkey companies and there's some really, really bad turnkey companies. David and I found two bad turnkey companies when we, when we invested, uh, David had, had found a company in, um, I think they were out of Chicago, but they were um, selling houses in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I had uh, bought some properties in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, David had a really, really bad experience where, like, it, they were fraudulent. Like, they were they were telling him that you know they put uh, a new water heater in, um, but they didn't put a new water heater in. They they just pocketed the money and kept it for themselves, um, and they were really just all about the bottom line uh, for them. Uh, so, David and, and you know he can speak on it a little bit more, but he he caught them in a, a big lie, and they were going to go to court. Uh, but they settled uh, to the tune of what, like $20,000, David? Was that something around that that amount? Um, and 
in that process, you know, we always talk, we were always comparing notes and uh, we were like, Hey, you know, we've been buying real estate for a while. We know what to do. Um, why don't we do this the right way? Um, and through David's experience, he basically had to fire everybody and go find and build a new team on his own out of due necessity. Like he had to go find somebody to help him with those properties because they were in disrepair. They still needed work. He needed contractors. And oh, by the way, he didn't live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? So through that process of, of just, you know, calling, figuring out who could work with him, uh, aligning in values and, and what, you know, they could help with, uh, we, we found, uh, well, he really found, um, you know, one key person uh, that was there that, that helped him then go find other key people to help him out. Um, and so to make a long story short, um, you know, he and I started kind of working with that one person. Uh, we had bought some more properties and we kind of put a business plan together uh, through a lot of conversations around like, what do we want in this business? What are our core values? What's the point of it all? Uh, why are we doing this? Is it really just to build wealth for ourselves or is it to, to tie, to give, to serve others, to help others? Um, and, and it was all of that. Right. It wasn't just like you said in the beginning about us making a whole lot of money. Uh, we wanted to give. We wanted to be givers. We wanted to tie the first 10% of all of our profits from our companies, which is why it's called Storehouse 310. It comes from Malachi 310. Um, we bring a tithe to the storehouse. So every single house that we sold, first 10% of the profits goes to a donor advised fund that we set up through the National Christian Foundation. And we then partner with, with charities that we love and support and we give uh, continuously. So that's a little of the background story. Uh, we started really heavy into real estate, buying and, re and, and rehabbing houses. Um, and David, I'll let you take it from here. And just real quickly, I'm going to yeah. interject here. You kind of said the buzzword donor advised funds for those who don't know what that is. Yeah. It's a charitable vehicle. Um, I think my listeners know, but it's a charitable vehicle where you can get the tax write-off in the year that you make the donation. But then also you can control when those distributions go out into which charities. So you can work with the community foundation. Sometimes they have control, uh, but you relinquish that, technically relinquish that control. You kind of advise with donor advisor funds, um, but it is a great strategy. And you can also make multiple um, contribution. So there are some limits for your contributions, but you can you can group those together to multiple years if necessary, but talk to your CPA as far as those are concerned. But if you are a truthful giver, um, a true giver, um, donor advisor funds are a great way um, to give, to manage your money, and also manage some of those taxes because it is tax season coming up soon. Yeah. And I just want to add, uh, you know, rewind just a tiny bit and add something that I think is is really critical. And that's, you know, when you talk about teams, there's also partnerships and, and Stu and I are a team. And, I, and I'll tell you, we, in order to become, we, we were best friends and we had a, a two decades long relationship, but we sat down and had some very, very serious conversations about us being business partners. And, and no kidding, we had, and, and this has endured to today, right? We, we had a conversation a couple of days ago where we we're talking about our businesses and you know, I, I literally at one point said, Hey dude, we can stop all of our businesses right now and we can dissolve all of our partnerships right now, but tomorrow you will be my best friend tomorrow. I will love your wife and your kids and we will hang out and mountain bike and snowboard and we will be together because you're my best friend. You're my brother. And, and so for, for us, you have to have conversations that may be tough for somebody, but you have to have conversations, especially where money and business are involved, where you're coming together. Like if we didn't agree on giving 10% of the profit from our business, like that would be a pretty significant gap, right? Like, well, I want to give 10. Well, I, what are you talking about? I don't want to give anything. This is the money we're making. Like that, that's a really awkward conversation when you're into the business. Um, so we're having conversations like that. We literally said, Hey dude, what happens if I have this amazing opportunity that comes up and I want to pursue it and I can't do business with you? Are we friends? And we talk through that. We talk through what are our core values. We spend a ton of time on core values and, and we based our core values in biblical verses. Every one of our core values is based in, in Bible verses. And then we break it down even further into personal application and how we'll do business with others. So th this partnership, this team thing, I see too many people jump into, into partnerships together very quickly and they don't understand. They don't even really know. They could be their best friend. 
but they don't know how their best friend is going to react when you lose money because it's business. You're going to lose money at some point, right? And ideally you make more than you lose. So how do you deal with losing money? Okay, well, like, let's have that conversation. And so I just want to really highlight people jump over the, the due diligence phase. We put more due diligence, let me put it this way. We, we put more due diligence in our relationship and our business partnership than we put into any deal that we've ever done. Guaranteed, 100%. Spent way more time before we spent a single penny on a property. We spent way more time and we were best friends for 20 years and we still did that. So I think it's critical. Yeah, I think that's very important. I think a lot of businesses fail within that first five years because they refuse to do a business plan. They refuse to put in the effort for the marketing, the operations. There's a lot of strategy that comes into it. And I think we talked about transferable skills of relationships. So this communication uh, aspect that you're, you're coming together, you're talking, you're talking out potential problems, not what you have because you're best friends, right? But potential problems. How will you react? Hey, what are some scenarios that may break us apart and how will we react now before we're put in those situations? And I think we talked about these transferable skills as men, but when you get into a relationship with a woman, a lot of people aren't vetting their women as well. They're not taking the time to learn about them. Hey, if we have children, do you want children? Having those tough conversations, how do you react when you see a towel on the floor? You know, do you blow up or is that something that you don't mind? You know, those are type of questions and answers we need to do to vet our relationships with our women that make us better men. And that's why I said I love you guys because you took your relationship and that's probably why you're the men that you are is because you gave each other the respect that you deserved. And I'm sure if you gave it to Stu, you're going to give it to, to your wife. <laughs> Almost like you said, your relationship's not that close where you're laying next to each other. So if you can respect Stu, you can respect the person who's laying next to you. So sometimes sometimes our wives get jealous because they think that we we hang out more than we do with our wives, <laughs> and which could be possible at, at times. But, uh, but yeah, they, they get a little jealous sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about that on the last episode that men do need to have a large majority of their time fellowshipping with other men to learn how to be better leaders. Um, because how we lead at 20 is not the same as we lead at 30 or at 40 or at 50 or at 60. We need to continuously refine our skills to get around men with new perspectives, new ideologies, and bring some of those tools to our families so everyone can be successful. You know, happy wife, happy life. But if the man's not happy either, then all of it kind of just falls apart from there. So let's make a little bit of transition here. I do have a question from James Thomas. Um, he was a listener of our last episode. Um, he has a question. He says, why does real estate seem to be the primary thing investors talk about when building a wealth of portfolio? So we may have some different thoughts on this too. Um, I, I honestly believe, and you said his name is James? Yes, James Thomas. James Thomas. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly believe, James, that um, it is a very shiny object syndrome. And, and I'm a huge believer in real estate. And I love real estate. And, and we could go into all the details of, of how real estate pays and what the benefits are. And, and there's a, a lot of great things, but I'm also passionate about real estate. And when I say real estate, I, I can niche it down to, uh, I, for whatever reason, have recognized that I love single family homes. And this is not like the easiest asset class, right? Like it's kind of a pain in the butt, you know, single family homes, where, um, you know, and, and I have my personal reasons for that, but, but part of that, it feeds a passion to provide a safe, comfortable, beautiful home for other people to live in, for other people to live in. And, and so there, it feeds a, a part of a passion, right? But, but I think what's critical in investment and investing in finance is that you, you really spend some time to, to figure out your why. Like, why am I, why do I want to invest in this thing? Maybe, maybe I want my, my investments to be super passive and I don't want to spend any time on it. And so I talked to someone like AB and we come up with a really great strategy and I have a certain amount of money goes out every month and it populates these things and someone else is managing it. I think you should be cognizant. I think you should be educated on that, but, but maybe that's where you're at. Uh, real estate is, 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 can be a pain in the butt. Like nobody talks about, everybody talks about the glory of it. Nobody wants to talk about my, my tenant didn't pay this month. I had to evict. It was a very uncomfortable conversation. Uh, the pipe burst, the toilet broke, you know, all the stuff that comes with real estate, they don't talk about that and you just see it as easy money. And so I think there's an element of, of, 
you know, uh, romanticizing and, and, and just giving like the really good details of real estate and not talking about the other stuff. So I think that's part of it. But for me personally, to answer your question, James, it, I'm passionate about giving people a place to live that can honor them. And also recognizing that God has blessed me in a way that we can do that. Cause like our rehabs, people would look at us and be like, you guys are crazy. Why are you spending so much on that? And for us, it was like, well, because that's a person's going to live there. And that person could possibly have kids and they're going to be in that house. Like I want it to be something that they're proud of, even though it's not theirs. And it's going to, they're going to take care of that better. Ideally, they're going to be proud to bring people over there ideally. Right. And so for me, it fed a different, it, it fed a why, not so much a how or a what. Now, now that David's like completely talked to you out of investing in real estate, um, let me <laughs> let me give you just a few ideas on on why people do say that real estate is a great investment. Um, one, it's it's a physical it's a physical asset. It's a physical product. You know, it is a house made with brick and wood that is sitting on on land. Right, um, it's controllable. You can update it. You can do things to it. You can put tenants in it. It doesn't move. Um, it stays there for long, long periods of time. Um, if you know some CEO of a different corporation says something on Twitter, that doesn't impact your physical asset of land of a house. So that's one thing that I love about real estate. Uh, another aspect of real estate is you can use leverage to buy it. Um, at, you, know, you don't have to have all of the money yourself to buy it. You can borrow money from a bank at a certain percentage of interest, you know, depending on the market. And so you can leverage other people's money to go buy an asset that's going to over time increase in value. And oh, by the way, you can then have a tenant, a renter live in that house that's going to pay that mortgage for you. So leveraging other people's money to go invest is a really um, great thing about real estate. You can't necessarily do that so much, um, you know, if you're just kind of putting money into the stock market, um, where basically you have to use only your money. You can't go borrow money from a bank to then go put it right back into a stock. And correct me if I'm wrong, Olajuwon. Le- maybe legally, I am wrong. right? Or yeah. there's and there's things. To- <laughs> yeah, there's probably there's probably some ninja ways. There's some margin accounts, about, but you can have some margin accounts. You can actually okay. borrow stocks yeah. and. Uh, things of that nature, but I love, I love this, right? And I'm going to tell you why I love both of these perspectives. So all of my listeners who are listening to me right now, what you just witnessed is the benefits and downside risk. And we talk about this all the time that no matter what investment you get into, whether you're in cash, you still have inflation risk. Um, I don't care if you invest in Amazon, you have idiosyncratic risk or or business risk. There's a risk associated with everything. And what David did was he gave you the downside risk and then Stu gave you the upside potential. And I think when you're going to have a full perspective on if this is going to be a choice that you're going to have in your financial plan, you need to know both. And I love how David addressed the fact that the reason is popular because a lot of people want to talk about the benefits, but they don't want to talk about the downside risk. And then what Stu talked about was everything that you don't see on social media. You don't see he didn't talk about the suits. He didn't talk about the cars. He talked about having land, having property, being able to leverage and the 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 financial aspect of getting these properties and, and, and what's going to be a good investment. And I'm going to tie all this together is because I have a friend. He's he's uh, He has property out in Detroit. He may have about six or seven different properties that he's managing right now. And he has to call a bunch of contractors. He's almost like David. He had to like build this team. So for those people, as far as team building is finding these individuals, can you talk about storehouse? Now, David said something very important. He said rehab. And I think a lot of our listeners may have missed that. But that keyword rehab is where he's restoring that house up to par. And I think a lot of people may have missed that. So, so not only do you have a house, he's making it livable. He's the one that's getting the inspectors. He's the one making sure that the, the, the water heaters in place, because a lot of these construction workers, I mean, no, you know, no offense to them, but they'll come in, they'll give you this beautiful blueprint. Oh, we're going to have this. We're going to have this island. This is what your estimate's going to be. And then they said, well, we couldn't fit the island. Well, did you take that out of the, out of the cost? And a lot of people don't think about that. So now yeah. you just pay for an island. <laughs> that quote unquote can't fit. 
And now you're losing a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars um, over the course of this construction. And all you're thinking about is how great the house is. So for my friends like um, Joseph Vega, who's out in Detroit, how does storehouse rehab? That's one. But then also that whole full turnkey of finding this team, right? Because they say if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. But if you want to go far, you have to have a team. So can you tell us about this team element, building the team as we kind of lead into a commercial break coming soon? Yeah. And, and you know, what, what's also great about Stu and I is we're very complimentary, right? And, and, and so a lot of times I live at a, at a, an elevation that's a, a bit higher. Like my, my mind goes not higher uh, from a qualities perspective, but higher from a perspective of just being bigger picture and not that Stu doesn't live up there and be, is very strategic, but it's interesting because when it comes down to like, so when we do a deal, for example, I love, I love building teams. So like, I'm the guy that's calling the realtor. I'm the guy that's calling the, the, the contractor, the contractors are usually Latinos so that, you know, we have a connection because I speak Spanish, they speak Spanish. And so like, I love all that. I'll go out on the ground and, and I'll, I'll be with those teams that we're setting up and I'll vet them and, and there's a lot of relational stuff that I enjoy. Stu, I I honestly uh, got to the point where our team would send us a deal. <laughs> They'd be like, here's a deal. Here's a potential deal. And uh, I need you guys to look at it. And I would effectively be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll check that out. And then I would just wait for Stu to analyze the deal and be like, hey, Stu, what did you think of the deal? And he's like, oh, I like it. I'm like, yeah, me too. And, and, and he, he never looked at it. I never looked at it. I, I honestly, and, and at one point, not too long into the process, I was like, Stu, you know, I don't look at these deals, right? He's like, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, but I trust you and you're so good at it. In all honesty, you're so good at it. So there's an element that you're talking about, AB, as a team. You want to go You want to go long. You want to last a long time. Dude, I would get burnt out if I'm looking at these deals. Honestly, I would get absolutely burnt out and be like, this is terrible. I never want to invest in real estate again. But because I didn't have to do that, I love it. And I love our partnership and I love our team. Our realtor, we found a good realtor. She goes and looks at deals and analyzes and sends me the bottom line, sends us the bottom line, right? She loves doing that. I don't. So let her do that. You can go far. You can do business for years because I'm not getting burnt down on that. Our contractors, I don't have the skills or the quickness to, to put new floors in, like our standard rehab, new floors, new roof, all the walls painted. Sometimes you're ripping walls out, uh, new toilets, new bathrooms, new tile. Like you're doing all these things, complete rehabs. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fly to Milwaukee and do that. So we have awesome contractors. That's their job. That's what they do. That's what they love. We pay them well and they can do that forever. And so our business can go very, very long. But point, I really enjoy those relationships and that team building. Stu loves looking at the deals and analyzing and checklists and all that stuff that I'm like, ah, and, and so it, it works really, really well. Well, and there's, there's one other word that I've already used. It's leverage. Instead of using people's money, now you're using people's skills and time and, um, you know, resources that you're leveraging other people to build a great team. And you're all working together with the same purpose, the same mission. And you just go, just go farther farther, faster. Well, I think this is a good time to take a short break. Um, take care of some housekeeping items. Uh, one, if you're not signed up for our newsletter, be sure to go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast, sign up to receive notifications of upcoming shows, get first priority for questions to be answered on the show and receive financial tips and strategies so you can be rich and righteous. And two, if you're recently retired or need help managing your retirement account, whether 401ks, 403bs or IRAs, Sign up for a free consultation by going to our website, www.abrwealthmanagement.com. Click book a call and speak with a Christian financial advisor that will help you take your financial plan and turn it into God's plan. So stay with us as we go into part two of this discussion right after a short message about Stuart and David's storehouse mastermind, where you can finally be the kinetic man God has called you to be. Storehouse mastermind is an opportunity for us to get together as men uh, it's it's something that we set up that we started because we saw a gap in our own lives. We saw that um, we just were not fulfilled in some of the other masterminds we were in, some of the focus, some of the business focus of those masterminds. And, and, and we really wanted to uh, bring high-performing men together and, and have fun. 
have fun, have accountability, have vulnerability, depth of conversation, and uh, it just was really important to us to, to, to set up the mastermind. The, uh, the mastermind has been significantly impactful. So I left the Navy a couple years ago, and while I love my time in the Navy, one thing that I've quickly realized is I didn't have the accountability and another man to press me to be a, a, a better man, a better husband, a better father. I'd read a book and that'd be great, but to have the accountability as part of Storehouse, to have an accountability call and an accountability, uh, a, week, a weekly check-in with a group, uh, a weekly check-in with another man has, has helped me take that, that book knowledge and apply that book knowledge to my family and to myself. Connectedness and fellowship and friends and fun and um, encouraging each other and holding each other accountability to always be coming better every, every single day. Like holding each other accountable, lifting each other up and um, you know, being the best that we possibly can every day. Hey, and look, we're, we're, we've been super inspired by uh, people like Simon Sinek, you know, talking about whys and purpose and, and a just cause. And, and really what we, what we want to get after is this just cause of, of defeating loneliness among men, right? Getting past the weather and sports teams and, and getting into conversations that are, that are just, that, that build each other up and we challenge one another to be better. And you cannot get in a group of men like this and leave here unchanged. You can't get with a group of men like this on a weekly basis and not be better. They're, they're gonna challenge you, they're gonna call you out. And so for us, it's really getting after this, this epidemic of loneliness and, and, and this uh, misunderstanding of what a man should be and us living lives that, that others tell us that we should live as men, that we wanna get past that and get back to the, back to the, just the, the virtue of what it means to, to, to do this kind of stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, frequently the, the conversations that we have uh, within the group of men, you know, carry on throughout the week or the month. You know, we might focus on uh, faith or finances or whatever that might be. And it's often a really good time for us to, to take those conversations and, um, and ask questions of our spouse or, uh, you know, our children and kind of see what they think as a family and not just us as an individual. These relationships are, are growing to be incredibly important because you know, as I felt like I was coming into this storehouse mastermind as kind of a, at the top of my game, I'm realizing that I'm surrounded by 15 other dudes that are at the top of their games. And so it's, it's not me pushing them, it's them, all 14 of them pushing me exactly the same, exactly in the same way that I felt like I was gonna be pushing them. So it's incredibly beneficial. Continuously opening up new houses, uh, you know, typically we try to do 10 to 15 men per group. That way we can get close with each other, connect, have fellowship, um, and uh, we're gonna be opening up more houses soon. Yeah, bring your tear ducts, man. Bring yeah. your tear ducts, because we're, we're gonna get some- And smiley faces. And smiley faces. Yeah. You know, you get the tears on, get the smiley faces, you get meaningful relationships, just profound conversations, and, and just amazing time, right? You get some fun. So, since we brought it up, I think this would be a good time to transition and talk about your storehouse mastermind group. But before we do, I want to read something I was sent from one of our listeners. I told them to go back and check out your group because I believed it was something that was very powerful. And it reads, I'm sure they get this all the time, but what they are doing is so needed. Men need camaraderie, accountability, and real support, not competition and judgment. It almost brought me to tears watching the intro video because it's the same thing I want to do with men and it's something I'm missing in my own life. So with a strong response of what you are doing, can you walk us through the process of creating such an inspiring group? That's uh, very humbling. And, and I'll tell you, I think what is affirmation, at least for me, is when I hear men, and I have no idea who this listener is, but when I hear the true struggle and we've seen it so much with men, it, it truly touches me and, and makes me emotional. I think the emotions from God, to be honest with you, to touch my heart and be like, man, what, just one more guy. Like we just, we just need to keep reaching one more guy because we know, we know that it's within them to be the man that God created them to be, to be the man they want to be and to be the man that their family wants them to be and that there's no judgment in it and that it's, it's a beautiful 
freedom to be able to experience these relationships in a different light, right? To experience who we're, I feel so fulfilled knowing that what we are currently doing is something that God put on my heart and, and it just gives me passion and energy and drive every day. But the fact that we've designed it, this is a life by design, not only by God's design, but by our intentional actions and design that we are taking actions together, me and Stu, to become those men. So when we go today, after we get off this call, we're going to go downtown and, and we've set up a, 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 an open invite to just create community. I have no idea who's going to show up, but I'll tell you that the two people I know are going to show up are me and Stu. And if it's just me and Stu hanging out, having lunch, what, what is bad about that? There's nothing bad about that. We have had an amazing morning. Talked to a bunch of men this morning about this loneliness epidemic, which you know I think your listeners probably getting after as well. We did that. We come onto an amazing podcast with a man of God and have a great conversation. And then we go break bread together. That, that's awesome. But it was all planned. It's all on my calendar. Every single element of today was planned beforehand. And so I think, you know, to talk about just to briefly wrap up, because we, we do a lot with these men. Um, but to briefly wrap it up, we have created an environment <clears throat> where men come together in fellowship, but we make it extremely intentional to get after our calendars, our relationships, and to make each other uncomfortable, very, very uncomfortable, so that we grow. Because we know in that discomfort that growth ha happens, and in that growth, true change and freedom can are, are the result. And so it's it's uh where we're focused now because we see it so so much is men just need to get together in person. Like if you and I were sitting in this room, AB, having this conversation, after we wrap this conversation up, I'd give you a hug. And I'd be like, dude, this was awesome. And we'd embrace. We can't do that on Zoom. But that hug transfers a, a, a love, uh, something we were created to do, it transfers that and we experience that together. We create that environment where men come together and we're also intended to do hard things together. We're intended to challenge one another. We're intended to, to dive deep in conversation and we play games. We, we, we do some competition, but it's fun. It's friendly. We laugh. We talk trash. We do this thing. There's a fake champion at the end and everybody claps and it's great. But it's but we're competing and it's beautiful, right? And then we have amazing guest speakers come in and talk to our hearts and get deep and vulnerable and cry. The amount of time Stu cries, it's like, oh my god, oh my gosh, Stu's crying again. I'm a cry. Everybody cries. It's amazing. But dude, all these things need to happen together in, in person. And so our retreats are really what we've been focusing on now and getting as many men there as possible. Because if the men hear it and they realize, okay, I'm not alone. Other men struggle with this. Like my, my porn addiction, let's be real. My porn addiction is not my addiction alone. A lot of men are struggling with this. I, I, the way I talk to my kids and my wife is not honoring to God, them, or myself. Other men do it. We can all come together and be like, okay, I'm not alone. I have somebody to talk to. And these guys are awesome. They're ninjas. They're dudes I want to be with. And they struggle too. Cool. And the best part about it is that we say, okay, here are the things we can do about it. Here's the actions that you, that we can take to change right now. That's beautiful, Stu. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a great job of, of, of putting it all together. I mean, the, the tactical steps of that, um, you know, we, we have small groups, we have 10 to 15 men uh, paired up in a group, um, you know, so much like a church small group, uh, they meet weekly on Zoom uh, to have an hour-long discussion. Uh, we we came up with uh, what we call the real paradigm, um, and we have what we call the kinetic life circle. There's 10 focus areas uh, that we discuss, and, and we get real in each one of those. And what I mean by that is we reflect on what that means. Like, what, what, is, what does success look like in your family? Define it. And then write it out, and then we go execute. What what can you do to make yourself one percent better every single day for your family? 
and then you're accountable to it. You you are paired up with a an accountability partner in that small group, a one-on-one accountability partner, and you are you are told to hey, connect with this person, tell them what you're going to be doing, be held accountable to it, check in with each other, and then we figure out a way to live it. So R E A L. How are you living every single day of your life to become better in that area? What are you putting on the calendar? Are you doing a daily check-in with your wife? Are you taking your kids on dates? Are you doing date days with your spouse? What are you doing to make yourself better in that category? So we do that every single week on Zoom for an hour. Uh, And then what David was talking about, we do these quarterly retreats where we go find a super awesome place. um, And, you know, this we're, we're doing one in May. It's in Empire, Colorado in this 200 acre retreat in this big lodge. Uh, and we're going to go, you know, do something hard. We're going to go on a hard hike. We're going to play these games that David was talking about. We're going to have an amazing guest speaker. We're going to all come together. We're going to break bread. We're going to have a private chef. We're going to sit around a campfire at night and, and, you know, get vulnerable and be real and, and talk about, you know, our challenges in our life and come with solutions and then go act it out, uh, after we, you know, we, we, uh, we leave. So, um, you know, it's been empowering for us because honestly, it's 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 somewhat selfish because it's the things that we needed in our life. It's what we were missing in our life. And so we just went and built it and we just surrounded ourselves with men that were uh, on the journey with us. Wow, that's beautiful. And I like what Davi said. <laughs> he said fake champion at the end of the day, but you're all champions. No, I was there. the champion. I was the champion of the last uh, event. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'll just throw that out there. Like I said, fake champion. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love what Stu said. Obviously, I love what he said. He said, men come with their problems. They find solutions and then they go act it out. It's three parts to this here. It's not where you just go and you vent and you just let men listen to what you're talking about. You have accountability partners. One thing I love about one of the programs I saw was the person was saying, hey, you know, what does your business finances look like? Have you taken a look at your business? Like, what are the numbers? Have you taken the responsibility or accountability for your cash flow and things of that nature? So I really appreciate those little clips. So if you go to their website, um, they have a bunch of clips about this retreat and you can actually see it in person. One of their videos are actually in the snow. You know, they're, they're all dressed up and you see the beautiful scenery and people playing in the background. You know, these guys are are living what they're speaking. You know, they're not just talking. These people are actually put into action. And that kind of leads into that kinetic man. So we, we have a question from Josh McGlon. Uh, he's of Oxford, Mississippi. And many of you may know him from Real Talk with Real Men, where men have an outlet to talk about their perspectives, about life, and hear from the perspective of other real men. Sound like Something like what we're doing here, relationships, sports, money, cars, etc. Um, he also does filmmaking surrounding mental health issues around men. Um, but don't quote me here, but I think the channel is at Real Talk Unlimited. Um, and his question seems to be a three-part question. So we're going to take each part individually and then follow up with the rest, if that's okay with you, David and Stu. Is that okay? Sounds so the, the first part, um, he asks, your group is very niche, you know, veteran Christian entrepreneurs. So how, he, his question is, how do I find more men like me, ambitious Christian businessmen, in his area that are not at his church or in his immediate area? Well, first thing uh, I would say to Josh is come join us in May, May one through three. Um, you know, we, we very intentionally niche down uh, because we recognize we wanted to, to, to ensure it's effectively who we are, right? We are veteran Christian entrepreneur men. And so we were speaking to to those folks, but there's there's men in the group that are not veterans, they're not Christians. I mean, I, I'm I'm extremely happy to report one of the dudes recently came to Christ, and like you talk about powerful, right? Like, come on, man, like you you can't. We're not talking about gas prices and the weather and 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 uh, you know, like you said, Ab, we're not complaining about uh, our situations. We're doing stuff about it, and men are changing. And so, uh, you know, we are relatively niche in, in how we how we come across and talk about it, but that's because who we are, right? You know, I, I love Jesus. There's a verse there, and and I was 20 years in the military, so there's a plaque there. But but there are folks in our in our group that are that are none of those things, and there are guys in the group that are not entrepreneurs, but they want to be. They want to be entrepreneurs, and so what better way to do it than surround yourself with men who are already striving and rowing in the same direction? And so our, our group is not exclusive. 
um, you know, and especially for the retreats, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to get a taste of what is possible and what is possible with an amazing group of men. And so, and, and I guess to answer the question more broadly that Josh asked, um, it just takes a level of, of intentionality and you attract what you're putting out, right? Like I, I, we, we made a joke today challenging the men in the group. Hey, go on Facebook and put something out, a post or wherever you are and say, hey, I'm just looking for friends and this is who I am. See what happens. I mean, the worst that could happen is nobody responds and you're like, ah, oh, nobody wants to be my friend. But what's most likely happening if you get no responses, especially as a man, it's because there's a bunch of dudes that are not confident enough to respond. They, they want to, and they probably typed out the response and they deleted it. And, oh, they're going to judge me. And dude, we all want it. We all want it. I don't care who you are. You want it. And then when you taste it, you want more and we need it. And it's a blessing. So Josh, May one through three, come out. Well, and, be awesome. and let me add, uh, you know, we had a, a podcast guest, um, say this and, and it stuck with me. And, and he said, um, the number of opportunities that you have equates to the number of hellos you put out into the world. The number of hellos you put out into the world, say hello more. Like you're at the park with your kids and there's another dad there with his kids and you guys are just hanging out separately. You see him out of the corner of your eye, go say hello, ask him what he's up to, ask him what he does. Get to know him, create a relationship. Hey, do you come to this park often? Let's come together and bring our kids more often. Let's hang out. Let's start talking. You never know where that goes. If it's God-driven, it's going to be an amazing opportunity, right? That, and so dude, say that hello That sentence more. has been a life changer totally. to us, to, you know, Ben Kiloy is who said that, the dad coach on LinkedIn. He yeah. said that to us. And what's interesting, I just want to give you the practical output of this, A.B., is through, I believe I reached out to him because I was intrigued by something else, uh, the dad coach part of it, scream free, scream free parenting. I was intrigued by that. So I reached out to him. He became the guest speaker at our last retreat. And then he said what he said on the podcast. And I was standing next to a dad at a, at my son's basketball game. And I said, hello, he's not, he's now going to be our new guest speaker. And this dude is amazing. Like talk about God driven this guy, like what he's going to run the dudes through retreat at I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps because I'm so excited. He, and he's like, I'm not gonna tell you everything. Cause I want to ruin it for you. He's like, but it's going to be rad. And he gave me a taste. And I was just like, Oh dude, this is going to be powerful. Like, like a lot of tears, powerful, but I'm super excited about it. But it came because I looked at this guy and was like, Hey, I'm David. Who's your kid. And it immediately went into like, Oh, this is what I do. And I'm like, okay, can, can you come be a guest speaker? Yes. Okay, cool. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I guess this kind of leads to the second part because his question was, how do you build trust amongst the men that you may not know? Um, they may not know you or other men that may attend these classes. And I think you hit on it is saying hello. You know, that's how you build the trust is like once they get a taste of who you are, what you are, and then also too that they become vulnerable. I think that's where you're going to build that trust at. So let's go to number three. Um, what advice would hey, you real give quick, to someone? Hey, real quick, AB, if you don't mind, oh, sure. if we can anchor mm -hmm. on that question real quick. One thing I want to highlight and, and, and be very intentional with this. When you join our group or when you come to our group, there's two ground rules because we always do a pre-interview. Honesty and vulnerability. You you have to bring those two things. And one thing that we do, everybody has to sit on a hot seat and and basically give 30 minutes of the, the biggest challenge in their life right now. And if they start going down, oh, you know, my car broke down, the dude's in the group. And if they don't, Stu and I are like, mm -mm, nope. How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? You know, that's what we get into. And so to to create that that trust, vulnerability, and it's so hard for us as men. Wow, I, I get that, right? It's like, if you're not willing to trust us, there's no way you're going to be healed. You have to open up. You have to be willing to put it all on the table because we can't fix what we don't see. That's awesome. So, so and finally, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start something similar in their area who has a concept that they want to grow? So, you know, how do they approach that? You know, maybe the program or how do they, they go about that? And, it, you know, I, I think the answer is just start it. Just, just do it. Like take the action and go do it. Whatever you have in your brain, go, go do it. And, you know, if it's awesome, 
it's going to grow. People are going to show up. And if you go into it in a way that where, you know, you're doing it to serve others and impact the world, and that is a mission and it's God driven and there's purpose and meaning behind it, it's going to be an amazing thing. And so, um, you know, whatever you have in your brain, just take it and, and, you know, as we've done in our businesses, you're going to pivot, you're going to change, you're going to make updates, uh, you're going to get, you know, feedback, uh, and you just, you just grow. And, you know, as soon as you're willing to fail, as soon as you're willing to be uncomfortable, that's when things start to really happen for you. So I say, just, just start it, just go, go do it. Don't be afraid that it's going to fail. Don't be afraid if nobody shows up to continue and change and pivot and grow from it. I'm going to add on piggyback on here just a little bit. I'm going to let David uh, chime in here. I just want to say this to the listener, Josh, if you're listening to this right now, I want to say to you, no man can know everything, but if you get around the right men, you can know anything. Mm. So if you really want to know how to, to run these programs and things of that nature, my advice would go to Stu, uh, go to David, go to one of these retreats, see how you feel, see how it makes you feel. Because looking from the outside, you may not get that same feeling and the same motivation and things of that nature. So, you know, get around people that have the same mindset as you, people who have the same motivation as you, have the same resources or the resources that you're trying to achieve. Um, and you get to pick up the nuances that makes them successful. So like David mentioned about real estate, once you're in real estate, you see those nuances of the the contractors and things about, you know, how they maybe manipulate a blueprint or how they may not put so many nails into the the roof to hold down the flap. So, you know, you get a leaky roof or whatever it may be, but you get to understand the nuances. So my I encourage you to get around men that are just like you, like minded Build your team like David said. Sometimes you're going to have to fire your whole team that you have right now, and you're going to have to build a whole nother team. Uh, if you're missing switches or, or people fall off, they're not vulnerable, you're, they're not trustworthy, you have to get rid of them. You have to cut away the dead vines, almost like Jesus talks about the grapes. You have to cut down the dead leaves so you can grow and you can prosper. So, David, I'm, I'm going to let you wrap up that last question for us as well, because I know he's yeah. got something good for you. Amen to what you said, man. It's it's hard to follow. It's hard to follow, AB. You, you should talk less during your interviews, AB, because it makes your guests feel uncertain about themselves because you drop so much wisdom. Um, I'm just playing. But, you know, I love what you said there. And it's who you surround yourself with. And that is, you know, Stu and I often talk, just talk about you are the sum of the five people you that, that you surround yourself with, right? And, and so we are very intentional with that. And so I think that's great advice for Josh. Two things I think you need to ask yourself as well. One, am I willing to do this for free? Do I love this so much that I'm willing to do this for free and add value until it potentially makes, you know, makes money or whatever it is. And I think you have to come out with a business mindset as well. Like, okay, this is, if I'm trying to create a business, it has to be a viable business. All that stuff is, is great. But if you're coming at it from a, a value add and a passion perspective, are you willing to do it for free? It's just a question that you should ask yourself. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's a great thought exercise. And the second one, so I'm I'm also a coach. And what's really interesting, that I got some advice recently that I was like, wow, and it seems obvious, but I think a lot of people are attracted to coaching for the potential of high paying clients and making money and all this kind of stuff, right? That's how I see it marketed a lot. Well, I was listening to my own personal coach, um, and another extremely well-regarded coach, both said the same thing, slightly different. They said, are you trying to add value to the person across the table from you, or are you trying to make money? And that one only has one right answer. If you, you shouldn't even be considering the money part of it and the business part of it, when you're adding value to someone else, that should be your 100% primary effort in life is to see them grow, to see them succeed, to see them break through, to see them overcome strongholds, to see them succeed. And if you can be honored enough to be a part of that, amen. And so that was really, really, I found myself going down the path of, okay, how much am I going to charge a client, this, that, the other, and, and really struggling. I was like, you know what? I am going to add as much value to this person as I possibly can because it's within them and I know it's within them and we can unlock it. And I'm excited. And it changes everything. It changes everything. That, that's beautiful. I, I have a friend, Donald Williams. Um, he's a lawyer. We started our businesses around the same time. And 
we talk about that too. It's like our conversations are not frivolous, like you said, about the weather or what the sports teams are doing. It's like, what about your family? Like, how are you improving? How's your mental health? Are you okay? And that helps us grow. So whether we speak on the phone for 30 minutes to an hour every two weeks or every month or whatever it may be, we get to build and we get stronger, you know, whether in our faith. And when he succeeds, I feel like I succeed. Like like you said, it's like, hey, I close this big client. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, I'm excited. And um, there's uh, they actually say that you get the same endorphins release or dopamine release when you give as when you receive. So, you know, when people are successful and you're truly invested, you get that same feel good feeling. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, all things must come to a close. And this episode is no exception. We were truly blessed to have Stuart and David on the show today. You are both a wealth of knowledge and experience, and I wish you both nothing but success. And the great part about it is that this episode is going to be roughly around an hour, but this is not even a tenth or even a twentieth of what they could provide for their company and the mastermind itself. I'm telling you, go to their website, check them out. There's going to be more information, but this just gave you a deeper look at David and Stu behind the website, behind the program, and meet the men that you're going to meet, right? Too many times people hide behind their egos, they hide behind their brand, but David and Stu are consistent. I've spent probably about three hours at this point, right? An hour of my time, an hour here, but they're consistent, they're funny, they have a great relationship, they, they are what we believe are the leaders of, of men, you know, the, the, the ideal. Now, are they perfect? No. Do we put our trust in men? No. We focus on God, but God is going to have these mentors around us as good examples because what Stu may be strong in, David may be weak, and what David is strong in, Stu may be weak. So we just want to make sure we surround ourselves with so many men that all these qualities improve. Um, so as a final farewell, would each of you like to share some final thoughts and let them know where they can connect with you? Because those who hear this, whether now or next month or next year, I want them to come to you. Man, you, you dropped some bombs, man. You dropped some gold bombs. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, I really, really appreciate this. And this was a fun conversation. We, we could probably go another hour easily, easily. We might have to do like round two with you or something like that. Um, so let me, I want to give a resource that, that, um, you know, it, it actually wasn't David and I that came up with it. It was another man in the storehouse mastermind that, that came up with it. And this idea of like the role that you play in your life, you know, as a father, as a, as a husband, as a friend, as a leader, what roles do you play? So we actually came up with an exercise that, that runs you through that. It runs you through like, all right, Hey, as a dad, what roles do you play? Are you a father? Are you a mentor? Are you a teacher? Are you a lover? Are you a friend? And to find that, and then how do you act on that? Write out like what your action steps are to go through that process and understand how you can become a better in that role as a father. Um, so we, we give that out to free for, for, you know, listeners, for your listeners. Uh, if you want to go to storehouse310.com backslash roles, then you can get that PDF. And we actually did a webinar on it. You can uh, watch the webinar on, on how to go through that exercise. It's, it's really helpful. It was impactful for us uh, to go through that ourselves. And then just, you know, you're adding things to the calendar on what you can do in that role as a father, as a husband, whatever, you know, you decide. Davi? Yeah, I just uh, really just want to take the opportunity to thank you again, AB. I, I'm absolutely uh, just honored that that you had us on your podcast, that you came on our podcast, and and I just love the fact that you're you know what you're doing with in the financial world, but also pushing it all back to God and and pushing your listeners to a, a higher purpose because a lot of times we just get stuck at this surface level, worldly level of finances, and there's so much more. And there's so much to unlock there and there's so much beauty in it and passion and, and purpose. And dude, you are on the front lines of that and talk about leadership, man. I'm just inspired by, uh, just inspired by what you do, dude. And, and the fact that you had us on, um, just love it, man. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. They are humbly accepted on my behalf. And, and I believe that you, we are going to be a reflection, right? The hellos are going to be a projection of who you are and the compliments back. I just, I really appreciate it. Um, to let us know that it's confirmation that we're on the right path and that we're doing the right things and that other men see those qualities um, in us. 
Well, that is it from us at Financial Advisors. Say the darndest things. We hope that you've been blessed and make sure that you subscribe and visit our podcast homepage where we have over 135 episodes ready to download to get you one step closer to living the life God has called you to do. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.